0: Welcome to a new edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of the Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin.
1: And this is Austin.
0: And we are coming off of a pretty light news week. Uh, Not a lot going on in the NFL right now. Were you
1: really following the news anyway? You're off, you know,
0: gallivanting across the country. Um... Sort of. I mean, I have uh, I have Schefter and Rappaport's tweets. I get notifications every time they tweet. Um, I actually I get notifications every time you tweet too, just in case you say anything snarky or rude about me that you know I can come back with. You know, I, I'm aware of it, and I can respond accordingly. So uh, I I know you're gonna play it
1: off like that, but I think you really have it set up because I just always have smart stuff to say.
0: No, I, I really could care less about your takes. It's just more in case you say something snarky or rude about me. Um, I want to be able to. I want to be aware of it immediately.
1: Well, I would never do that. So I'm not sure where you're even getting this idea from.
0: But. Just, I guess it's just a, an insecurity of mine. I don't know. Apparently, jeez, man, come on. <laughs> um. Anyway, news-wise, pretty slow week here, but. Um, Something did come out here. Saquon Barkley coming back from his uh, ACL tear last year. uh, He only played two games last year before a tear in the ACL. Uh, He was pretty vague about his status right now. And he, what he said was he's taking it one day at a time. And as far as when he's ready, he said, quote, it's going to be whenever my body tells me I'm ready. And I just think that that's kind of an, odd comment because most of the time in the off season you hear guys say yeah i could suit up for a game tomorrow whether they could or not all of these guys are just you know yeah i could play right now i could play tomorrow you know dak prescott saying he could play right away and you know back in the spring um you know Cortland sutton saying the same thing you know he could play right now amari cooper even with that ankle injury saying that he could play if he needed to and then you get barkley saying you know you've got to be smart it's going to be when my body tells me I'm ready. I'm taking it one day at a time. So is this something that we're a little bit worried about at all?
1: I feel like his answer would be different if they had a legitimate quarterback and like an actual legitimate chance to actually do something this year. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think they're a contender. So in his eyes, I get why he's not rushing back. Like they're not going to be good. Sorry, I mean I... fans. Don't, <laughs> don't try to come kill me.
0: bunch of guys. yeah i mean i know you're already you already have a lot of friends up there in the uh north jersey you know new york area um but no i i agree with you i mean i i don't think they're gonna be a good team i don't think he needs to rush back i just think it's an odd comment for a player to make you know they're typically and teams as well are typically overly optimistic around this time of year as to when they think people are going to be back and In general, most teams are kind of overly optimistic, but especially like I said around this time of year. So it surprises me that he said, you know, it's going to be whenever my body tells me I'm ready.
1: There is, um, I'm trying to think which of the injury analysts has actually said that they are they are like suspicious of like him being able to be back in time. I forget who it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Edwin. I'm pretty sure. Uh, of who writes for fantasy points, yeah. I think. I yeah, think fantasy he's points. He's the one who said a bunch of times, like I think we had to pump the brakes on him um, you know, coming back full speed, like everyone would predict. But I like I I mean I said all the time in this show, like I'm not a doctor. I don't yeah. really know anything about that, so I'm really not gonna comment that much yeah. on that. But I can comment on why I can get the sense that he would never he wouldn't want to rush back. And I think it's just it's not gonna be a good team. That offense is like one of those things where you just sign a bunch of names. But I don't see how it all works together. To be completely honest, I think eh. it's not like they're not calling themselves the dream team or anything. But it's, just, <laughs> it's like it's setting up like that Philly year there where they signed all those guys and they just fell on their faces. That's what the Giants are going to do
0: this year. Yeah, well, at least when Philly signed all those guys, they had what was Mike Vick and Vince Young, yeah. so they had like two quarterbacks who were at least something at some point in time. Daniel Jones is nothing. Daniel
1: and... Jones is the goat. Ask any Giants fan. <laughs>
0: you You are endearing yourself to Giants fans now you're trying to kiss ass a little bit here
1: I don't think they know how to find podcasts to look for them or else I would be scared that maybe they would come after me
0: but see what surprises me is that they were, you know, they had the reading comprehension skills to... They didn't. They were trying to well, take me apart from my one tweet, and the dude didn't even read the thing. It was like a, a prediction a year in advance. And he's like, you're the idiot
1: who doesn't even have Joe Burrow in his top three quarterbacks. And I was like, dude, you can't read. Like, you get the fuck out of here.
0: Um, anyway, so I think Barkley's still my RB2. I'm not super worried about it yet. But it is something that I'm going to be keeping in the back of my mind. Um, is this is is this something that affects where you would draft Barkley at all, or are you still treating him like normal?
1: He falls a lot. He does been, like, surprisingly. Yes, I mean, you took him in program, right? No, no, yeah, no you no, took no. CMC. You- I took CMC. I just got him, so I ended up actually like I made the pick, and I'd snipe somebody, and they and they ended up trading with me. I traded for a like a package that involved. Uh, was, we're doing the NFL side of a C2C startup first, and it I involved me in getting the 101 on the college side. Mm. So I, like, it took Bijan to get him from me, but I think I took him at like the 203 or the 204 or something. He fell to like. the second round? Yes. yes. I took Is Russ, it? I took assuming assuming
0: super flex. Part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but still, you know. that, man, that surprises me.
1: Yeah, I don't have the draft board here in front of me. I mean, I can pull it up. It'll take me a minute. Um, but he, I'm, I, I am curious now just to see what, um, what running backs he went after. Uh, I mean, it was as all these drafts have been this offseason. It was very quarterback heavy. Yeah. Um. So, which I think we're gonna talk about later in the show here. Um, so <gasps> spoiler. So I took him at the 203. He uh, RBs that went before him, Christian McCaffrey went at the 109. Okay. Jonathan Taylor at the one eleven, Dalvin Cook at the one twelve, and then Saquon was RB four off the board at round two, pick three, so the fifteenth overall pick.
0: Yeah, see, I mean, you talked about uh, me taking CMC in that in the program side. I I traded up to get him. I traded up from the one nine to the one zero three because the guy at the one zero three like Wait, wanted what? to trade. What? Yeah.
1: you didn't tell me this. Yeah, why? Well-
0: the guy at the one oh, so the guy at the one oh three wanted to trade back. He couldn't find any. He, <laughs> he couldn't find any people, to, any takers. I got I, I thought it was pretty good value. I traded. Uh, it was the one oh nine, the two four. If my math is right, and then it was like in the seventh round. We swapped picks everywhere. So we swapped firsts. We swapped seconds. We swapped sevenths.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really weird value.
0: Yeah, so like I was fine with it. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I don't have it exactly off the top of my head, and I'm sure um I, I know that the the guy who traded who traded with me listens to the show, so he may correct me if I'm wrong, but I know it was all pick swaps is what it was. Um I don't I, I a,
1: think you totally like you traded up to 103 though and then you wasted the
0: value. Yeah, there. well, I I don't think I needed to trade up to 103 cuz CMC was my target in the first round. I wanted to go running back in the first round cuz I I wasn't too worried about quarterback. Um, like we talked really? about, I ended up.
1: We made it to the sixth round. You didn't have a quarterback yet, and you weren't fifth round. worried about quarterback.
0: Fifth round. I took Rodgers in the fifth and Cousins in the sixth. It worked out. I'm happy with that. But I was, I was planning on double tapping RB early, and it, it didn't end up working that way because Kelsey fell to me in the second round because um, we swapped second. So I swapped. It was like the 204 for the 210, I believe was what it was um so i ended up taking kelsey at the 210 uh but i mean i so my plan was originally to double tap rb early and pass on quarterback till a little bit later um so that's why cmc was one of my targets in the first round and i saw Josh allen went second so i was like yeah i'll I'll move up for this price to go get cmc uh and it's with the way everything kind of shook out it it, did i don't think i needed to do that i could have waited
1: I'm so confused by what, uh, what was going through your mind that you wanted to trade it to the 103 for a running back. This obviously- I wanted CMC. You have CMC other places.
0: I do. I like CMC. Okay. I think people are – I mean, he's still the RB1 everywhere, but I think people are overvaluing quarterbacks right now, and I think that they are – So in- your
1: solution was to trade up and then take a running back when people are overvaluing quarterbacks? I'm just so confused what the thought process was here. I'm like
0: – Well, I thought CMC I thought I CMC, to, I thought I CMC was a
1: speaker all day, and all I did was talk about tax stuff. My brain is like – and I did a pod before this. My brain is like mush. So I'm sitting here <laughs> trying to comprehend what you're telling me right now. It's just like does not compute like, at all. I'm so confused.
0: I oh thought people gosh. were overvaluing quarterback, so I knew people were going to take quarterbacks – but so you trade it up to I traded him. up to get the number one running back because I didn't think he was going to be there for me at the 1-9. And Barkley's my RB2, who I was pretty confident was going to be there, but I didn't know how much I wanted to invest in Barkley at the RB, uh, as my RB1. Um, I, I wasn't sure how comfortable I was going to be with that. But that's kind of the direction that I was leaning As I was like, I, I want to double tap rb And when the opportunity arose to move up to get CMC for a reasonable price, a price I was comfortable with, I was like, I'll go get my RB one, a guy who I think will be the RB one this year and comfortably the RB one.
1: Okay. They all missed me. Like take off my headphones and like get out of there.
0: They did. Yeah. 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 Cause we're not, yeah. Like Felix said, we, we should do more live shows so they can see our reactions. Uh, because your reactions are always priceless to to things that I say or do. What can I say? Or my facial expressions for various things are, are always priceless. So we do need to do more live shows, but that'll come. We'll we'll, we'll get there eventually. Um. Anyway, moving into the second news segment here, uh, Lamar Jackson is working on an extension with the Ravens. You know, surprise to nobody, but he's doing it with the without an agent he negotiated his first contract without an agent, but that is, it's a rookie contract, you know, first round rookie pick pretty much. Those are pretty much standard. There's not a lot to negotiate in terms of that, unless you're the chargers who, for whatever reason, always have their rookies seem to want to hold out because they can't get the language worked out in their contracts. Like Joey Bosa held out. Um, it's the who, offset
1: language is what they don't. Yeah. To, they never want to agree to it. It's like,
0: yeah so unless you're the chargers it's pretty pretty straightforward as far as the raven as far as the rookie contracts go so that you know a little surprising he navigated his you know off season leading into his rookie year and leading into the nfl draft without an agent but to negotiate a contract of this magnitude with the contracts that quarterbacks are getting you know patrick mahomes getting 10 years 500 million dollars and you know Uh, Dak Prescott getting a 400 some million dollar deal you got to figure Lamar Jackson's not going to be on pace for that Dak Prescott range like you know 400 some million dollars he's negotiating this without an agent and I know you um I know you had a comment on Twitter so I know you had an opinion on this so I'll I'll kick this one over to you Mr. Lawyer
1: oh I just throw stuff out I don't even remember no I do remember what I said so I actually get the logic for a guy like Lamar, for like the undoubted like top guys. I kind of get the logic like you're saving yourself a little bit of money. Um, but in the long run like they're like why like DeAndre Hopkins did it. And he got a good deal. He's one of the few guys that negotiated his own contract. He got him but he's also you know a obvious top guy at the position. And his logic was like, well, I want to be in business someday, so I should learn how to negotiate. It's like actually the smartest thing you could do if you want to go into business is to learn how to find somebody that actually does that for a living and let them do it and pay yeah. them what you're supposed to pay them. Like if so, a hundred and sixty million dollar contract for Lamar Jackson. He's probably going to get more, but I just went off of that number. He it costs him to have an agent because the agent can take no more than I believe three percent. It costs him four point eight million dollars to make sure that you actually have somebody that's going to that is used to negotiating those kind of contracts that is used to all the verbiage, all the language, all the different clauses that can or should or should not go into a contract like that, they, they're just trained to do that. You know, you can't – like, he's, he's not – like, he, he has a lawyer that will read the final document and tell him, you know, and will you know, edit it and, and, you know, give it back. But, you know, those it, – it's saving you money. But, like, that that lawyer does not do this all the time. Like, this is not his wheelhouse – it's highly possible that that lawyer would miss something and it still wouldn't necessarily be, you know, negligent on the part of the attorney. It's just not, you know, he wouldn't think about, you know, some weird clause that goes in the middle of these contracts because this is just not what he does for a living, uh, generally speaking. The agents do, you know, just go hire Drew Rosenhaus or something. He's an asshole, but he'll get you the contract <laughs> that you want. You pay the money. And, it's like, and someone actually brought up a really good point about this too. Lamar doesn't have an agent. How many commercials do you see Lamar Jackson in? Zero. Like, that's what agents really do for you. Like, how many? Commercials Look at Mahomes. Do you see Patrick Mahomes in. Yes. Yeah. How much? Uh, Lamar has cost himself a lot more than the, the $4.8 million that would get taken off that contract because his mom or whoever is <laughs> who is negotiated the first yep. contract. I'm not making fun of it. That's who negotiated the first one. Is r- pr- purportedly his agent. And is getting him no contracts and stuff. Now, I no offense to Lamar Jackson, I think he's more charismatic than people want to give him credit for. Yes, but I think he's less charismatic than you know than, than Mahomes. Mahomes. So I get why Mahomes would have. More I think he's
0: more charismatic than Rogers, though. Rogers kind of comes off like a dick.
1: I think, yeah, but I think, you know, <laughs> he's <comfortable laughs> coming off as that, so it's like a whole like, fair. Like a on it's his shtick, but yeah. uh, like I, you just don't see Lamar doing it. like that. That's no. millions of dollars a year that he's passing up to. So like I, I think that approach to things is totally backwards and I think he's setting him he's he's setting himself behind uh, other guys doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean Lamar Jackson is a guy that a lot of people were rooting for like a lot of people like him like you said he's pretty charismatic. A lot of people were rooting for him. I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people were rooting for him because of the and I want to be careful the way I say this, but I think uh, just the way that they were talking about him pre-draft and the people who wanted him to change positions, you know, for a variety of reasons, whatever they are, I, you know, I think that caused a lot of people to say, I hope Lamar succeeds at quarterback. So I think a lot of people were rooting for him. Like you said, I think he's pretty charismatic. So I think he could make a lot of money off of endorsements. Um, but like he said, he doesn't really have an agent, and that's something that agents do: is they go out and they get their clients, you know, nego- uh, they negotiate not only contracts but also endorsement deals for them. So, you know, uh, other players like Gronk. I, I think what Gronk said he didn't spend anything didn't spend of his spend any last of his contract NRL
1: salary, any of his salaries. Yeah, ever. he only ever spent his endorsement money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, and that's what like the smarter. Players, at least monetarily, business wise, the smarter players do that. So I think that that really does hurt Lamar. And and honestly, that's not something I had thought about before you brought it up. That's not something I thought about before this conversation here is like you don't see him in any commercials. I don't think I've ever seen him in a commercial.
1: He was in one last year. I think he was in one of those headphone commercials. That Mahomes was also in. I'm pretty sure they were both in it, like not like, you know, standing side by side or anything, yeah. but like clipped, you know, everything clipped together. I think they were both in that one. It was was it a beats? Was is that probably. Mahomes does? I think they were both in that. But beats yeah, or like, Bows. You, you never see Lamar Jackson in anything else. Like, okay. Yeah. Don't you can't even say like it's the market or whatever because Joe Flacco was in a bunch of commercials. Yeah. Like, playing the same position on the same team. And and Joe Flacco's way less marketable. Less, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Yes, that's a very nice way of putting it. Yes. it really, really is. Um His is he the one I who mean Justin like Hut T- Pizza Hut commercial? Uh, he might oh, have been Oh my god, you have to go if you've never seen Joe Flacco, <laughs> anybody out there, listening, if you never watched Hut Hut Pizza Hut <laughs> search Joe Flacco Hut Hut Pizza Hut. <laughs> his acting chops really really good.
0: Uh, I mean even Justin Tucker though. Justin Tucker is a huge name in the Baltimore media market and he's a kicker. Yep. You know? So yeah, I think it's Sir Lamar. I really do. Yeah, I, maybe he, maybe Lamar doesn't want to be in commercials. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's not what he wants to do.
1: It's possible, but I mean, that's just extra money that you're, you know, you're leaving I mean, on the you, table. To like, be a businessman someday, like you're doing a really shitty job. <laughs> like, you can't make money off your own self. Like, am <laughs> supposed to trust you like with a restaurant or like, you know? Like, it's I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So um, anyway, Spotrack projects lamar jackson's average annual contract value to be 42.7 million dollars a year which would be second highest behind kansas city chiefs uh quarterback pat mahomes
1: oh thank you i thought you meant the other patrick mahomes
0: you're welcome i'm, I'm literally reading from this bleacher know, report article I, I posted it in here i'm reading from this kansas bleacher City's report article get off my ass all right <laughs> anyway he would be the second highest paid quarterback in the league do you think he can actually get to that number without an agent
1: yeah i mean like i said like i i was you know 160 million and i was thinking like four years like so you know it, it probably it'd probably be like a five or a six year deal so it's, it's, it's more than that um yeah i think he definitely gets there i mean that that part of the contract writes itself but that's not the hard part to negotiate right that like the base number is just, like the easiest part to shake out it's like how much of it's guaranteed? how has that played out over the years? Are there option years, uh, you know, different language in terms of uh, you know j- the offset language, like stuff like that. I mean, that's more for rookies depending on what your guarantees look like. But like the signing bonus, like all of the no trade clauses, like those are the things that are difficult to negotiate. If Lamar just sat down and he was like, "I want 40 million dollars a year. The Ravens would be like, done. okay, we signed it, get out. <laughs> they would be so happy with that because there's like no strings attached. <laughs> uh, so I that I, like, I, I, I really don't know I, I think he's doing himself a disservice if he's, if he's handling it like that to be completely honest
0: yeah I mean there's something to be said for you know trusting family and everything like that but you know at some point with this much money involved trust the experts
1: and I will say like there is a common phrase amongst lawyers and they say you know he who represents himself has a fool for a client in any sort of matter, <laughs> it's like, it's an actual saying, and that like that's. Why I didn't you know that. See, lawyers like even amazing lawyers, if they do something bad and they're you know they're in you know like criminal trial, they don't represent themselves, even if they're like the best in the world at their job. Like that, you, you always hire somebody else, even if you're, even if Lamar is an excellent negotiator and he sits down and can work out this amazing deal, you still you really should not do that yourself. <laughs> so it's just it's another set of eyes it is is preferable
0: good point uh so we'll move into another kind of off field more law related thing here oh, um uh, yeah I mean I figured you know this is right up your alley you know <laughs> also for those of you who can't see also just pretended to hit a ball off a tee. um
1: it was a home run it went and went and went by the way just <laughs>
0: Um, Anyway, so the Washington football team, uh, formerly the Washington R-Words, were denied the trademark for naming themselves the football team because it was reportedly too generic. Surprise, surprise. You can't name yourself the football team if you want to trademark that. So the USPTO uh, ruled that You know, they can't have that name and now they don't really know what to do. So they can keep the name, the Washington football team, but anybody without the trademark in place, pretty much anybody would be able to sell Washington football team merchandise, which would cut massively into the team's profits and, you know, Daniel Snyder always has seemed like a more profit driven person um, from everything that you kind of tell there. So, you know, they have until December to file a response, but I don't see, I don't really see the um, patent and trade office rescinding this ruling here. I kind of feel like it the, the right, it's pretty, pretty generic there. So at this point, you know, it, does this surprise you at all, the ruling? And two, if they can't be named the football team, what are they going to be named?
1: Well, I'm already working on uh, a line of knockoff uh, Washington football team jerseys that I'm going to sell out of the trunk of my car on the side of the road. Nice. Um, do you want to buy a Terry McLovin jersey or a Samuel Curtis? <laughs> so that's what I've got. <laughs> <No> words, <so. laughs> shitty joke um <laughs> it wasn't your best but
0: it wasn't shitty
1: <laughs> Can you repeat all of that i was trying to formulate that joke as you were talking no i'm just <laughs> kidding um i that yeah it's probably not that surprising of a ruling i really don't know that much about trademark law but i know like there, like i that one of the big rules that you just know is that you know if something is just like an obvious name you can't trademark it so that that makes sense um I like I don't know what they're gonna call themselves because there's that one guy that went out and bought all the yeah. trademarks and websites and shit for like a thousand different team name combinations. Um, and if I like I get like at first I was like well, will just pay the guy for the one you want. And now like if I was the owner I would I you I wouldn't I wouldn't pay anything for any of those. I would tell that guy no. to go jump off a cliff. I mean honestly <laughs> if I had enough money I would just have someone throw him off a cliff probably. Um, <laughs> to be completely honest. So i don't know what they're going to be called. I, I really don't know I mean they they've botched this from the beginning like any financially astute slash responsible owner ten years ago when this first story first happened would have gone and got a bunch of trademarks yeah, they didn't do that, so it's their own fault i, I like I, they, they just should have been way more prepared for this i in terms of what I want them to be called, I honestly don't like i've heard some good ones. But like, I'm not sure what your, like, you know, the presidents or like the, you know, what's the, what's the one from um, the replacements or whatever, the Washington, are they Sentinels or whatever? Uh, yeah, Sentinels. Like, uh, there, there's a bunch of good ones out there that I think are not very likely. Um, I
0: was always partial to the Washington Red Tails. Um, that's a nod to the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, I thought, you know, you keep kind of the red in there too, but... That guy's he's not, squatting that guy's
1: on not that. Not going to wade into a different racial water. After <laughs> Redskins gone, like, that's like the last <laughs> thing he wants. So, like, to be completely honest, like I can Fair say point. that he has no intention of doing that. Even though that is, and I've seen some cool like ups of like yeah. logos and jerseys and stuff, and I agree that would be a cool one. But.
0: yeah, I think it's that's a positive nod, though. You know what I mean? And, and you know, this is coming from a white guy, so I don't. He, he said you know.
1: Redskins were positive too. Well he's so tone deaf it makes no difference yes these kind of
0: people yes and like i said you know i'm a i'm a white guy so i don't know you know other people's thoughts process on it but to me that seems like a nod you know a positive nod it seems like you're paying homage to you know the tuskegee airmen by naming them the red tails but either way i'm pretty sure that's one of the one the guy's squatting on so i don't think that's likely going to be an option
1: Total aside that we need our trademark laws in this country are fucking horrendous. That that's even <laughs> allowed to happen in the first place. Yeah. Uh, that's like a whole different discussion
0: for a whole day. Um, no, I mean, I think, I think the listeners want to hear us get into U.S. patent and trademark law. I think that's why they're here. You
1: caught yourself. You caught
0: yourself. What? You,
1: patent and trademark. Oh, yeah,
0: because you were giving me shit pre-show because I said patent instead of trademark. They're different. Yeah, I know they're different, but... You know, for I, for semantics purposes, I,
1: I really don't know what they're gonna do. Like, how long can you go without a name, though? Yeah. Like, if this is gonna be two seasons, they're not gonna. They're, it's it's July basically. They're not they're not gonna have this fixed by September. Right. So yeah, that's two full seasons you're going now, where, like, not only and they're lucky because like the NFL splits all the merch sales and shit. Like, I guess if you sell stuff at the stadium. I'm assuming maybe you get all of that money, but like you know NFL.com or whatever. I think all that money is like evenly distributed, except for the Cowboys. Yeah, that Jerry Jones is an evil genius. Um, <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, he negotiated like years ago. The Cowboys, like all their merch sales, are like separate or something. They're Like calculated separately. Wow. And they are like the most popular team in America, so they yeah. get actually a ton of money. Yeah. Um, yeah, he negotiated that in like the '80s or the '90s. Um, wow. But so like that's two years. Hat in tip a row Jerry Jones. That like you aren't really selling stuff because no one's going to buy a I mean I guess a couple people, people did are. and like you know you can buy one it's like a joke like you know I remember the one year where we were the WFT but like it's a less funny when you're the WFT for like four <laughs> years in a row like all of a sudden that becomes less of a funny joke yeah more of like a just kill me so.
0: <laughs> I think they should be the Washington team for football or something like that so that way they can be WTF instead I, of WFT I,
1: yeah I, I just don't but I feel like you have to keep the colors, at least at this point. Yeah. Like, you got to figure that's going to be it. Uh, beyond that, I really have no idea.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really either. I don't have any legitimate or any good names to to pick for them. You know,
1: some guy already thought of all of them. There's no more left for me to pick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was I mean, you obviously have the joke ones, but they're not going to go that route.
1: Four that you're willing to buy from this guy, run a poll, and whatever the fans, but like, don't do like a fill in the blank thing. Like
0: you can't you, you, you can't, can't, can't do a write in because you're going to end up with douche nation from
1: team face face or <laughs> like yeah like if, so you can't do that. But yeah, just pick the four that you like the most that test the best in focus groups, buy them, and then just put a poll out and everybody votes for it that, That's the only way you can choose at this point. You're not going to come up with anything that this guy already isn't sitting on.
0: <laughs> well, I, I kind of agree with you, though. I would completely spite. And they actually the article that I have up here, from it's from CBS Sports. They have the name of the guy in here. His name's Martin McCauley. Um,
1: They're like asking people to show up at his house with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, who live at <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you, though. At this point, though, like I would absolutely refuse to buy any of the ones that he's squatting on, just as a big, you know, F you to him. You know, I, I would. He's asking. I haven't heard. I don't know, but I don't care. You know, if you're going to buy thousands of dollars of trademarks and you know different names and and everything like that, you know, I'll I'll go in a different direction. You know, you can sit on those. You can have those. You could pay all that money. I'll go in a different direction. You know, and then if I don't like it after you drop all those trademarks after we pick a name, maybe I'll go back to something else. But
1: I don't think you can pivot again. I think you have to pick an Like Washington football team is bad enough. You <laughs> Whatever you switch to now has to be the name or else you're just going to lose so many people with that. I, I do think the branding is so key with this kind of stuff.
0: Branding is definitely key. But at this point, I think anybody that's a Washington football team fan is a Washington football team fan for life. I know I have two friends from college who were Washington football team fans, and they hate Daniel Snyder so much they just no longer follow them. You know, they just they're completely indifferent. They don't really follow the NFL at all anymore, um, but they don't follow Washington football team anymore. They don't care. They don't like them, and it's all because of Daniel Snyder. So I think at this point, anybody who is actually still stuck with them is probably going to stick with them no matter what.
1: It's pretty crazy that, you know, in a group of 32 people, the majority of which probably accrued their money through largely reprehensible ways, (laughs) how much he stands out from the crowd and that he's just a shitty, shitty person. (laughs) <laughs> like you can probably count on one hand the amount of NFL owners, and it's mostly the families that have had the teens forever, the Chicago owners, the the Fords and Detroit, the, the Like they, There aren't that many.
0: Yeah, the Maras.
1: Are, yeah. Well, the Maras and the Roonies, you know, they're you know, married together. So um, I, I guess I have to, to like them. What's the chick? What's the actress? Who's the daughter? Kate. Kate Mara, yeah, she's a Rooney.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, she's, she's like the one fan from fan. um, shooter house and house of cards. Yep. Yeah, um, anyway, we'll move off of news here. Pretty slow, n- we spent 30 <laughs> minutes talking about how this slow news cycle house of cards <laughs> great show. You ever watched it? Um, what about that Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, slow news day and we spend 30 minutes talking about it. Uh, anyway, into things that actually matter for fantasy. Um, you came out with an episode while I was away uh, about your zero QB strategy for campus to camp leagues and the campus side. And I will never publicly admit
1: you already said my
0: thoughts. Discord. I read that. That's not is that technically public? That's private, right? Because it's, it's for subscribers only. Is that kind as of private?
1: People read it. It's out in the. It's
0: out there. In the world. <laughs> it's out in the ether. It it, yeah. It's out in the ether. Well, I'll go out back and delete that comment. But it was an episode. Well, that's all we'll say about it. It's an episode about your zero QB strategy here, uh, and you know it was definitely an interesting episode. Lot very very thought provoking for sure, but. I think something that you need to take into consideration then and, and something that you you did touch on for sure, uh, but is what to do with QB in dynasty. And we are coming off a year where there's been pretty unprecedented turnover at the quarterback position. There has been, I, I think it was 12 teams are going to be starting a new quarterback this year. Um, you know, so there's it's pretty unprecedented with the amount of quarterbacks on the move, if through trades, through free agency, through the draft. This was a strong draft this year. And there was an article from USA Today that actually predicted that they thought more teams would move on from quarterbacks next year and more teams would have new quarterbacks next year. So if you're going to go zero QB on the college side, you mentioned you want to have solid QBs that you can trust on the NFL side. So, how risky is it to not invest in QB early in these top options if you follow your zero QB strategy on the college side?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that answer is it has a lot of layers to it, and I, I'm
0: right. glad that you definitely the nuance. there.
1: You know, a, as if you're doing a zero QB on the college right. side, I, I think it's imperative that you get two two quarterbacks that you feel good about for at least two or three years so that you can have time to adjust if you need to on the college side. I, I really, really do. I don't i, I I've, for a while when I first started playing Dynasty, I was very into the I have to have three starting quarterbacks on my roster at all times now. And depending like those quarterbacks cost so much and they're never cheaper really than as rookies in a rookie drafter and, you know, C two Cs, you know, if you can snag most of these guys you have to snag early. like In college, yeah. Yes. So, you know, they're never cheaper than then or in a startup. Those are pretty much the two times where they're the cheapest. Other than that, you know, it costs you an arm and a leg. So I think you, you especially in the sense of the C2C where you don't have a rookie draft every year and you can't kind of right. position yourself, I would almost just rather have two really strong quarterbacks and then not really worry about a third that much, if all things being equal. Obviously— Obviously, in a perfect world, I have, like, Mahomes, Lamar, and Herbert as my 3 quarterbacks.
0: <laughs> right. That's not realistic.
1: Say. So I think that getting one of the top-tier—you have to at least have one of the top-tier guys, in my opinion. If you don't have one of those, I don't think you can rock zero QB on the college side. Not comfortably, not as long as I do. I think at that point, even if, like, the picks really don't work out, we're, like—your program draft you trade it up for CMC and then say mm-hmm. you're waiting for a quarterback to come back to you there at that second pick and none of them fall. Right. No, that's the way it worked. Yeah. Like in that scenario, but then like you don't have an early pick on the college side at as, well, as, as well, then I think you have to invest in a CJ Stroud, a Matt Corral, a Carson Strong, a Caleb Williams. You have to take one of those guys or else you're setting yourself up for some serious failure.
0: Yeah, you're setting yourself up depending on how you break it down, you're setting yourself up for a short window on the NFL side and then a potentially long rebuild. Because if so you don't
1: those quarterbacks are hard to trade for. Yes. Like DJU is hard to trade for right now. I got I got him in a trade last offseason and it like it was a hard trade to work out. I traded Swift and Akers... And Marvin Mims for Dalvin Cook and DJU on a team where I had no college quarterbacks worth of shit, and I needed a, a running back to do something like immediately. And that, like that trade, kind of hurt to do. Yeah, like, that's that's what you have to give up
0: to get. Yeah, a- you're giving yeah. up Swift and Acres, who are two guys that are top ten running backs for sure. Most people probably have them in their top seven eight range.
1: Yeah. I smashed that startup draft. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't hurt yourself. Patting yourself on the back.
1: I had Mahomes and uh, Kelsey. It just I smashed that startup. <laughs> but yes, I mean you have to give up something substantial. Like I said, those guys are never cheaper than at the startup or like in, in a freshman draft or you know whatever avenue. So I, I think that you have to load up on one or the one side or the other. And I don't think a half acid on both sides strategy works either. No. I really think that you have to lean on one side or the other um, to, to really truly build a cohesive two rosters that go together.
0: Right. I agree. And that's something else too, that is at times a little bit underlooked on on the college or in the NC2C leagues is these, yes, they're two separate rosters, but it's one team. You have to have a cohesive team. You have to have a, team on the college side that complements your NFL team or an NFL team that is set up in a way that will event your college team will eventually be able to supplement them very well um, just you know speaking on the program league there um, I have Rogers and Cousins at quarterback I have um, Jade Daniels and Desmond Ritter two guys who are in contention for guys who could be first round quarterbacks next year but you know, we did the college side first and then we did the pro side. So I don't feel great. I, I like Jaden Daniels. I think he's going to have good pro prospects, but I don't know that. And I don't feel confident in that. Desmond Ritter is a guy that other people are higher on than I am. I got good value on him. I got him in the eighth round. And that and that was at a point where I was like, I don't love Ritter, but I can't really pass him up at this point. Um, especially on the college side, you know, where I think he's going to have a very nice year. I think he's going to, you know, put up top 10-ish, 10, 15-ish quarterback-type numbers on the college side for this past year. Um, so, you know, I took him at that point, but then I do also have Ty Thompson. I do also have Jackson Dart. Um, I also have Tanner Mordecai, who's a guy that I think, you know, is has an outside shot to be drafted decently early this year.
1: Speaking of that, I threw him out as like a total, like, <clears throat> did you see that that tweet I had today?
0: I did, I did. Yeah. I w-
1: Like, that was a total dislike. Matt Matt tweeted, like, if you yeah. had to pick someone outside the top couple of quarterbacks to be a first-round pick, and you can't choose, like, Malik Witt, like, the obvious. Yeah, ones. yeah, yeah. And I said, it's going to be somebody like Tanner Mordecai or Max Dugan. And people were like, you think Max Dugan's going to go in the first? I was like, no, no. they were examples. <laughs> but then again, at the same time, no, if you had said Joe Burrow was going to be the one one yeah. going into his senior year, would have been like, you're stupid. Yes. Yeah. So, and same thing with Zach Wilson. So, like, Yep. I don't, And,
0: and, and even way going way. back to Kyler Murray, you know? yeah, so Even going back to then, Kyler Murray.
1: That's the pool of player I feel like you're choosing from if you're yeah. trying to really you know, make
0: that comparison. Yeah, which I know, I know you threw that out there, and I hadn't told any of you guys I was working on an article, um, but I, I am working on an article for the next – it's going to be titled – roughly working title, but the next Joe Burrow and Zach Wilson. So it's guys that in our rankings – Um, at the time that I started it uh, were past like quarterback 60, um, you know, guys that were lower than that in the ranks. So, you know, guys who were, you know, not startable options, not guys that we have very highly ranked, um, and and Tanner Mordecai, you know, spoiler alert to everybody, Tanner Mordecai is on that list. So he is a guy that I think could be a potential candidate for the next Joe Burrow, the next Zach Wilson, um, but and I have a couple other guys on the list too. I'm going to save those. That's going that'll come out in the article. That's tentatively two weeks from now, since I'm on vacation. Do you
1: have Ellaby on it?
0: I'm I do not because he's inside our top sixty.
1: I I'm finding myself higher and higher on Caleb Ellaby. that's not necessarily fitting into what the discussion that we're having.
0: no we we went we went pretty off the rails here, but
1: yeah, I, I find myself he's really. Angry. His ball placement's really, really nice. I don't 100% know arm strength wise if he's there or not.
0: Well, it's tough. The Western Michigan offense, I feel like, is just kind of tough to.
1: It's not a very, it's not a very passing game. No. Like overall, it really, really isn't. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, moving off of that, we're back to talking about the program league where I took Rodgers and Cousins. You know, on the pro side, because I do have Daniels and Ritter. I also have Ty Thompson, Jackson Dart. So I have some options there where I felt like I had a little bit of flexibility. And that's kind of why I was not punting quarterback early, but I was like comfortable waiting on quarterback a little bit. But if you're not, if you are going to wait on quarterback on the NFL side and the dynasty side, you know, who, what, what do you do at that point? You know, what, what you personally, what do you do at that point? If you're waiting on quarterbacks on the NFL side and you've kind of already locked yourself into a bit of a zero QB strategy.
1: So I did it in one league. Well, so I had the one Oh one, I took Mahomes, mm-hmm. but then right. I waited and I waited. I waited way too long. Um, to be completely honest, it's this league. I'm doing that GM league with Brian Chikakis, where he, mm. it's like two leagues and you can't have the same player on like, Two sides, so it's like it's trippy. Like everyone was like really happy with their first team, and now we're doing the second draft, and everyone's like, "Can we do the? Can I? Can I get a do-over?" Like, everyone hates <laughs> their <laughs> second team. It's hilarious. I got like six rounds in. And I was just, like, I fucked up. Can we, like, <laughs> did something bad. Um, but on the, on the one side, I took Mahomes, and then like I kind of was sitting there, and I was like, "Well, I think like this guy's gonna fall back to me," and like they never did. So my second quarterback, I ended up. I think I have like. Fitzpatrick and Drew Locke or something Mm. as like my like I took them like back to back I was at a turn and I was like well if I don't take these guys because I was like I was like I'll take Tom Brady and then Brady went like so much earlier than I thought he was going to and I was like because he was like the last guy like I was like I'll wait for Cousins he went I was like I'll wait for Stafford Stafford he went I was like slowly going I was like okay I'll wait for Brady and Brady went like three picks after. I, like I was at a turn I was like, Brady, I'll make it back. And then like three picks later, Brady went. And I was like, oh my God. Like I just fucked up really bad. I, so that's, I don't advise doing that. Like the options, I feel really good about like all the guys that go in the first couple rounds. And then like, you don't really feel good about it. Yeah. Like I said, like my cutoffs after that were like Stafford, Cousins, and and uh, uh, Brady. Like after those two, I was like, oh boy, like I'm in some really deep doo-doo here.
0: Yeah, I I'm with you there. Like there's definitely a clear cutoff where you feel comfortable with these guys. And then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Um, so yeah, in that program league, um I wasn't super comfortable with Rogers and and Cousins. Like for a win now strategy, I was, but in the ninth round, I did take Jordan Love which maybe a little bit earlier, but having Rogers, I wanted to secure that. Uh, and then in the 11th round or 12th round, I did take Teddy Bridgewater as well. So I took a couple guys there that, you know, I was like, well, they have a shot to be able to be productive for me at least because I missed on, and I shouldn't say missed because I do have Rogers, who's a guy that is, you know, in my, Top fifteen at quarterbacks, you know. Kirk Cousins is, you know, right there around QB twenty for me. So those are two guys that I feel comfortable starting. But Rodgers obviously has a contract situation, you know, and he's thirty seven. So I don't really know what's going on there. Cousins is not a guy that I feel real comfortable with as my QB one, but I feel very good with as a QB two. Yeah. He's thirty two years old anyway. I just so traded
1: Sam How for that mofo this week, so in one yeah,
0: week. so. Yeah. um, Yeah. So I mean, I I like those guys, but Kirk Cousins is pretty much the last guy that I feel comfortable with. You know, that I feel really comfortable with as as a a longer term starting option. Um, If I'm going through my quarterback rankings here, you know, once I get down to, I have Zach Wilson as my QB eighteen. I don't know how comfortable I feel with him long term. You know, do do we definitely think he's gonna last past one contract with the Jets? I, I don't know. I think so, but I don't know. He,
1: yeah, I don't like I don't want to write any rookie that goes top ten off, like because he wasn't an obvious like no no. Mm-hmm. Like like uh Daniel Jones was an obvious no no. Yes, at that position. Like I don't think Zach Wilson is. No. I don't love him. I'm not writing him off, he goes early though he does like i he goes he goes first three rounds. I think the latest I saw him fall was like f- early fourth in one of these two g m leagues, and I'm pretty sure the person like that took him in the first one would have happily taken him again, but like was born they couldn't doing so yeah, so i mean i that there's yeah, I, it, it's it's a weird dichotomy right now because you feel awesome about the first like fifteen quarterbacks mm hmm and then you just don't feel that great about any of the guys after that. Like to the point where like, I, I do like Tua and I'm sort of hopeful for a pretty nice bounce back here. I think I'm getting a little more and more hopeful as the off season goes on. But like I, he went like in the early second or something in a draft I did recently or like mid second. I was like, F no, like, no, <laughs> like, I'll take Barkley in that range or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pivot. I'll, I'll do something else. I, those kind of picks are the ones where people are like, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where everyone's like, well, I got to get a quarterback early mm-hmm. and they take a guy that doesn't belong there. And then everybody else is like, well, now I got to take a quarterback early, even though I didn't want to, because everybody's going to be off the board here.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then uh, again, just you know, referencing that program draft there, um, Tua went at the two oh six. He went ahead of DK Metcalf. He went ahead of DeAndre Swift. He went ahead of George Kittle. Um, You know, so at that point, I had to pick at the 210. And that's where I went Kelsey. Um, You know, and then the quarterbacks again off the board were, you know, Deshaun Watson went at the 311, you know, with all the stuff that he has going on. Baker at the 403. Tannehill at the 405. Zach Wilson, 408 um, Stafford 409, you know, uh, so all of these guys, Jalen hurts 506, you know, all of these quarterbacks going off the board in the top five rounds. If you aren't snagging one of those guys early, you know, you can get in some trouble later. You know, you kind of have to have it fall the right way. It's, this is one of those years where, like you said, there's a very clear top 15 and then after you hit that top 15, there's a lot of question marks. Um, like I said, Zach Wilson's my QB 18. have question marks about him. Carson Wentz, my QB 19 question marks about him. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, my QB 20 also have some question marks about him. Jared Goff, question marks, Mac Jones, Derek Carr, Sam Darnold. None of those guys are guys that I feel super comfortable with beyond one, maybe two years. So, you know if you're if you're going to wait and do the zero QB on the NFL side or on the college side i think you have to invest in quarterback early on the pro side and i think based on where these guys are going in these drafts like i was mentioning you know i was you know reading off some of the guys from that program startup you pretty much have to double tap QB in those top 5 rounds to feel good about it
1: you do and i'm i'm just wondering like, I, I think the zero QB thing, like, there there are a lot of things to play into it, why I'm doing that this offseason. And I talked about it a little bit on that podcast, obviously, where, you know, I said, I don't feel great about the college, the top college guys right now. I think the NFL more than, side more than anything, you can just take two of the first four picks and then be done with it. And then, like, you just don't worry about quarterback anymore. But I think there's also some larger conceptual you know in the background things that I don't necessarily know if I want to or should like just vocalize but like it almost seems like in a lot of instances the quarterback in the NFL is becoming a lot less of like a a, like you get one guy and he's kind of the guy for a long time like it almost seems like it's becoming a little bit more of an interchangeable position which sounds really weird to say But if you just look at some of the quarterbacks that have really come up recently, like, I think, like, all these rushing guys are – unless you have just come across the odd special passer of the bunch, like, they're just all interchangeable bodies that have high rushing upside. Like, Like, there are a lot of things like that going on in the background as well that just make me wonder, you know, what the future of the quarterback position in the NFL is.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Uh, you know, you said it, it's becoming a little bit more interchangeable of sorts. Um, obviously, if you, if a franchise has one of the top guys, they have a Mahomes, they have a Prescott, they have a Murray, you know, they have a Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, if they have those guys, they're not going to let them go. and th- And that's has been the way of the NFL for a long time. And then I don't ever see that really changing. If you have a true franchise quarterback who can win you a Super Bowl, not by themselves, but you know, they can win you games by themselves. They can will a team to win in a variety of different ways, then obviously those guys are going to, you know, not change teams. The, you know, teams are just going to throw money at them. But when you have that next group down, you know, the Ryan Tannehill's, Ryan Tannehill is a guy that a lot of people are kind of coming around on. A lot of people are thinking is a guy who you could win a Super Bowl with. But Ryan Tannehill's also already changed teams once. And would it really surprise us that much if Tennessee you know, hit the end of their Super Bowl window, didn't do anything, and then was like, you know what, let's hit that reset button and moved on from Tannehill, and he went somewhere else. I wouldn't really surprise me that much, personally. Matt Stafford was in Detroit for forever. They didn't really do anything. Now he's already changed teams. Detroit is like, I need to rebuild, despite Matt Stafford being a very good NFL quarterback.
1: Well, what's the thing about first-round quarterbacks and how many of them are with their original team since, like, th- they're drafted since, like, 2011 or 2010 or something? Like, almost none – like, there are, like, almost none left. Like, Baker Mayfield is one of the only ones left. Mm-hmm. Like, there aren't very many. Right. Like, just, yeah, it's just – it's plug-and-play a lot of places, unless you come across a Mahomes.
0: Right. Unless you come across a Mahomes, Prescott, Murray, Allen, whoever, you know, those top-tier guys – And honestly, you mentioned Baker. Would it surprise you that much if Cleveland franchise tagged Baker to see what they had, you know, when his contract's up, if they franchise tag him to see what they have for another year and then thought, maybe let's go get a guy like Matt Stafford if he becomes a free agent or a guy like Kirk Cousins if he becomes a free agent, you know, would it surprise you that much if they moved on from Baker? After it the would first surprise contract? Surprised me a little bit, yeah. Okay. Listen, it would surprise
1: listening to Matt talk about it on Debbie <laughs> Debate this week. Uh
0: I have not listened to Debbie Debate this week. Um I was going to listen to that today and then it was a short day at work. because um, the the VP's leaving, so he went to happy hour to celebrate his last day. So it was a short day at work. We got out at three thirty.
1: The the crux of the Brown's fans argument for taking Baker over Aaron Rodgers is that Baker Mayfield costs less money right now. Now and if they have Baker Mayfield, maybe they'll be good for fifteen years.
0: Fifteen years? I think he might have said ten. I was gonna say fifteen years, he's twenty five. If he play I don't think Baker's the type of guy who's gonna be Tom Brady or Drew Brees and good until he's forty. I don't make um, sense either. But- ten years would even surprise me. I think he he will probably be in the league in 10 years still. I, think it will. I I don't know if he's going to be a guy that you feel great about having as your starting quarterback in 10 years.
1: Well, here's what I said. No one's scared of Baker
0: Mayfield. Right.
1: People are scared of of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Like Baker just got his chance to beat a Chiefs team that was like you know him and his. Like, it's like you know a bunch of mobsters, and the other guys like they have, they have the guy they're gonna kill, and the other guys like have kicked him down, and he's on his knees already. And Baker had the gun there and like. He his head. And the <laughs> did you did you say that line. reference? No, I just. Said oh like, I man! Just came up with it. But like, they like the offensive line was decimated. No, no Mahomes in the second half, and they couldn't beat them. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers would have won that game. Like, yeah. Say uh-huh. what you want, Aaron Rodgers would have won that game.
0: Yeah for sure and and Baker Mayfield's my QB15 so if we're drawing that line there you know the guys that i have above him i have some rookies above him i have Trey Lance i have Justin Fields I have, Tra- I have Trevor Lawrence all guys that i think i like i have Tua above him all guys that i think i like but we don't really know what those guys have to offer you know one of those guys, one of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Tua, and Trey Lance is probably going to bust just based on odds, right? You would think. Yeah. No, no.
1: So I mean, you obvi- you also like conveniently left out some names that you could consider in there. Like Zach Wilson belongs in that category, whether you wanted to or not, because he went second overall. Okay. I have I have Zach
0: Wilson below Baker, though. I was talking about guys I have above okay. Baker.
1: It's like if you're going to combine the two classes, I think it's, it's already, fair. No, throw that's Mac Jones in there. That's throw fair. Uh, Herbert in there. So
0: yeah, I have, I have Herbert above him too. Um, but we've seen it at least once from Herbert. I was talking about guys that I have above and I wasn't very clear on that. So that's on me, but I, I was talking about guys I have above Baker that we just, we don't know what those guys are. And that's why I was saying Lawrence fields Tua, uh, and Lance, You know, all guys we think we like, guys we don't really know, you know. So those are guys that are absolutely going in the first five rounds of drafts, especially Superflex, probably even the top three to four rounds.
1: Almost all of those guys, in my experience, are going way before that. Yeah. Fields, Lawrence barely ever escaped the first round from what I'm seeing. First 14 picks, we'll say. Right. They never escaped that. Lance goes shortly after that and I've seen Tua in the second.
0: Yeah. It's really, really weird to me. Yeah. So with everybody seemingly reaching on quarterbacks here. You know, are are you reaching on quarterbacks as well? To try to get your to try to get a guy that you feel good about long term?
1: I don't think I've reached for a single quarterback yet this year to be honest i've been fortunate enough where i really haven't had to like cause I, so i i, t- I probably talk to this all the time I, I end up with an inordinate amount of one sh-
0: oh my god i if win you, the lottery all if, the time if, if
1: you need somebody to stand in and win one of those hundred yard dash things for you <laughs> give me a call my little guy runs really fast how time. many how many
0: of those have you set up or you won
1: Myself, I like none of them. They're all mm-hmm. ones that other people have set up. I think I won one for one of the mocks that we did this year, the way I mm-hmm. that I ended up with the one hundred and one. But the other ones have all been ones that other people have, okay. yeah, have done themselves. Okay. And the Shack one, I finished second, but there were four one hundred and ones to choose from, so I got
0: my. You got by. a one hundred and one. So, um,
1: yeah. But so I've been lucky enough to get a lot of my homes, but then like late first, I've gotten Trevor Lawrence at the one hundred and ten. I've gotten um, uh, Russ Wilson at the 110. I don't really ever hit quarterback in the second or third rounds. I just kind of skip those tiers. And then I've gotten, like, Matt Stafford late fourth. I've gotten Matt Stafford late fourth twice. Um, Matt Ryan and like, well, it was, like, the early fifth, but it was a 16-team league. So space that out however you wish. Um, Like, I, I don't think I've reached for a quarterback yet this year. I just refuse to do it but I think I walk away with pretty solid rosters. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at too. Like I, I'm not going to reach on the quarterback position just for the sake of it being a quarterback position, you know, obviously doing the college side first, the way that most C2C leagues do, you know, that kind of gives you a way to structure your NFL roster. But If you're missing – if you're going zero QB on the college side and then you miss on some guys on the NFL side for, you know, whatever reasons, you know, who is the last QB one that you would feel comfortable taking? Stafford. Stafford?
1: Stafford's my last QB. Guy that I think is a QB – is an obvious QB one for probably the next two years. Okay. I I think he's just gonna crush. We've talked about that on this show before. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a smash next two year kind of guy, and you e- like even if like Jared Goff wasn't throwing like he wasn't leading the league in passing attempts ever, but he was putting up big numbers. And I think Stafford's a more efficient, better player than him. Yes. Mm-hmm. So with the same receiving core, more or less. Like so and he's the last one. And I get him a lot. Like I okay. that that's like my my QB two in so many teams is Matt Stafford,
0: Okay. I'm comfortable with that. Right. Well you said he was the last guy you were comfortable with as your QB one. Oh, correct?
1: okay. I thought you meant like as like that's going to finish a QB one. The last guy that I would no, be happy it, with is a QB
0: one. Yeah. Assuming you went zero QB on the college side. Who's the last quarterback that you would be comfortable with taking as your QB one on the NFL side?
1: So I have I have Russ and Trevor Lawrence as my QBs eight and nine. I think those are the last two.
0: That's early. It is. It is. That's
1: all I gotta say. Yeah, I that's that's probably my last two guys because I have Fields tenth. I like Justin Fields. I'm just not sure if I want to walk out of a draft with him as my QB one. If I have well, like a startup, I have control over these things. That feels like in a situation where I let things get out of control. The <laughs> other, the other two, do not feel that same way to me. Like I feel, I walk out of like okay. Like I, I, I walked through that situation pretty well.
0: Okay. So, but that's still if you're going zero QB on the college side. That if you're if Lawrence and Wilson. Are your last comfortable QB one long term on the NFL side? You're investing in them what early second round, first round, first round. So you, ha- so you're saying if you go zero, your your zero zero QB method on the college side, you have to take a QB in the first round.
1: Has to be in one of the first two. You, so I. Okay, so this actually hasn't posted yet, so I can forgive you for not. Um, so I, my five articles on Zero QB are starting to launch. I think the first one goes live tomorrow morning. Yes. Volume one does. And um, and so I, I've written volume one, volume two, and volume five are done, and volumes three and four are close. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're outlined, and I've, I've got some significant parts of them written because I wanted to have all of them fleshed out before I, I started right. releasing in case I needed to, you know, make some edits. Um, in, in my fifth article where I talked – that's my NFL article. I talk about all of the NFL stuff in that one. I split the early ones. It was rounds one, two, and rounds three, four. Those are pairings. And I, QB has to come from one of those. You have to get one QB in each of those. However you want to do it, you have to do it that way in my opinion. So – I think every draft I've done this year, I've walked out of the first round with a quarterback. And in the second round, I just take usually a running back or a lot of times I've actually just traded out of the second round. Um, But I like that. You take one there and you take one in the next pairing. There's your two quarterbacks. You can move along your way.
0: Okay. But uh, yeah, still that's, that's locking I don't know what you yourself. Want from
1: me, man, you have to invest heavy quarterback on one side or the other. Yeah. And I'm punting it until round 17 on the one side. It's got to go early on the other. But I feel better about Matt Stafford than I do about Matt Corral. So if you're making me choose one, that's the decision that it comes down to. I'm choosing Matt Stafford over Carson Strong or Matt Corral. Okay. You know, life right. choices here, people. Yeah, you can't have a loaded team on both sides right off the bat.
0: Right. 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 That's yeah. That's that's kind of what I was getting at. You know, like. So you're you're investing in QB very early on on, it, it, you know, like t- you said, two essentially two QBs in the first four rounds yes. on that college side, yes. okay, or on the pro side, yes. okay. Without fail. Okay, interesting. So, you know, for everybody that's that is listening here, you know, enjoying the discussion, you know, to definitely tune into those articles here. I know I will. Um, you know, Mister Zero QB I- here is going to definitely have to contend for the title of uh w- with jj zacharyson for for late round qb uh.
1: Uh, so and i would just give a shout out because so i i um i'm crediting him in the article and it will be credited when it gets tweeted out as well um at third and short did an excellent job on my header images for all of these at third oh. and short okay i promise because i insisted on paying him and he insisted on me not so, oh, this was the this was the trade off. So I went. I'm I'm definitely going to get the money's worth of shout outs for this for this guy. So interesting with two T's. Okay,
0: interesting. Yeah, we'll definitely shout him out. You know, when those articles release again, we shouted him out now. We'll shout him out on Twitter um, at pred- Third and he's Short. In there as well. In the at sh- Third and Short. Thank you. Appreciate the uh, the generosity there. Um, so, just all in summation here, QB in Dynasty, is kind of a wasteland after 15 to 18, depending on how you break it down. So if you're going to go 0 QB on the college side, Austin says snag somebody in those first two ra- or in the two QBs in the first four rounds. I will say if you do a hybrid zero QB on the college side where that I kind of did in the program where I kind of just followed value, ended up with a Jaden Daniels and and a Desmond Ritter, one of whom I think will be a first round quarterback next year. I think one of those two will probably go in the first, whether they end up being a fantasy option or not. You know, if you're going to go that route, you can wait a little bit longer. Um, You know, you can snag a, an Aaron Rodgers and a Kirk cousins, but once you get past QB roughly 20, it's a whole lot of guys that you don't feel good about. So, in 12 team leagues, that puts a lot of guys at a disadvantage at quarterback position. So, I would say I would need one of the top 15 QBs. And, you know, I ended up with Aaron Rodgers there. And then a second guy in that fairly early range either way like you know you said double tap guys and you know round two double tap two guys in the first four rounds i would echo that and say if you're not even going to double tap in the first four rounds if you take one in that range take the second guy before round six because once you get past that they're not really guys that i feel comfortable with beyond one to maybe two years i
1: think that's fair assessment I just, it, it's a weird off season for
0: Yes, for very weird year for quarterbacks. I, I can
1: pretty much guarantee, and I, I, I put this disclaimer every time I talk about zero QB, I can almost guarantee this will not be my right. my preferred method of startup next off season. I, I feel very comfortable saying
0: that. Yeah, uh, but
1: just a weird I think
0: it's season. just a weird year. Yeah, weird year on both sides. You know, not a lot of guys you feel comfortable with on the college side. Not a lot of guys you feel comfortable with the pro side. So well, obviously we'll re, we'll revisit this next year, which that, I think that'll actually be a pretty fun, pretty fun episode if we revisit this whole thing next year.
1: Man, I'm gonna feel like such a dipshit if this strategy just works out like zero percent. <laughs> but I mean, I like the things I built. Like, I, it would take some serious cratering um, for 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 me to not feel pretty solid about what I've
0: done. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll move into the last segment here, um, and we'll do. Uh, You know, some super sleepers here, guys that are pretty deep guys, you know, after round 1520 that we feel could make a big jump into fantasy relevance next year. Um, And I will I'll let you kick this one off first.
1: I only have one category. So maybe
0: technically two guys. So I'm going to let you still go first.
1: I mean, I talk, I want to package them both together when I talk about them. Daryl Henderson and Darrington Evans, who are basically the same guy. They're even, like, stylistically, they're kind of that slasher-type running back. They, they, you know, I think they're very similar in that regard, both um, second fiddle to a guy that we really like for fantasy purposes this year. But I think the... The, the thing for both of them is that, A, if an injury happens to either Cam Akers or uh, Derrick Henry, those guys immediately become, like, low-end RB1s for weekly fantasy purposes. And I think stan- the standalone value, I admit, is not great for Evans, but I think it's still solid for Henderson. Like, I, I do think that, that those touches are going to be spread a little more evenly than the Cam Akers truthers want to talk about. Um, so I, like, I, I just find myself walking out of drafts with one or one of those guys pretty much every single time they kind of go in a similar range. Um, and I, it's, it's kind of a wishful, not wishful. It's kind of one of those where you, they're probably not really relevant unless somebody gets hurt. But at the same time, like, I don't think there's like awful odds of them doing something this year and being worth a lot more. Like if Derek, say Derek Henry gets hurt late in the year and Daryl and Darrington Evans goes on a run. I don't know that Tennessee would draft another guy. Like, I, Ev- Evans might just become de facto the guy. Like, so, like, stuff like that. Like, I think that's just a very easy path to to carries down the line that maybe isn't factored into current value with them.
0: Yeah, I I love the Darrington Evans call. I think he's a guy that's getting overlooked a little bit because Derrick Henry has a lot of tread on the tires. He's also, what, 26, I think? I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but he's an older running back. Um 27. He's 27. Okay. 27 years old. So he's an older running back. So, you know, with a lot of tread on his tires. So I think Darrington Evans is a great call. Um, I'm not saying anything bad about Darrell Henderson either. You know, we like Akers. We think Akers is going to be the guy. We don't necessarily know that um, because Darrell Henderson did have his day in the sun last year as well. But. Yeah, I think that walking out of your draft with one of those two guys is always a good call. Um, the guy that I'll talk about here is uh, Amir Smith-Marset, uh, wide receiver for Minnesota. He's a guy that I had touched on before. Um, I think I believe in one of the Campus Life episodes. I touched on him, or I, I did a rookie profile on him, maybe one of the two. Um, it's definitely a guy I've talked about before, but Amir Smith-Marset, he was a fifth-round draft pick by the Vikings. And, you know, obviously day three guys, so you, you don't necessarily assume that those guys are going to have significant roles in the future because the hit rate on, on day three wide receivers is fairly low, but you know, he's a guy who had a good market share and, and a good dominator rating at Iowa, uh, which is not typical, not a, a very prolific offense, but he also had, you know, a lot of special teams uh, value. You know, he's a kick returner. He provided value that way as well. So he's a dynamic player in general. And then I don't know how much he's going to do this year. I think there's a good chance he earns the number three wide receiver role in, in that offense this year. Minnesota is not a team that is known for being three wide receiver heavy. But Adam Thielen, yeah, he just signed a uh, he signed a four year deal a few years ago, but they have a potential out after this year where he has, he only is, ele- he counts 11 million against the, the dead cap for 2022 at his age 32 season, which is still fairly significant, but then it decreases again in 2023 where it's only 6 million in dead cap, which those are both situations where I think you could move on from him in his age 32 33 season um and if they move on from him i think amir smith Marset is probably the guy who steps up opposite of justin jefferson because i don't particularly like the rest of the guys on that roster now they may obviously draft a guy next year you know who knows how that how that's going to unfold but minnesota is not a team that i think would invest heavily in a wide receiver in the free agent market. So even if they draft the guy, Amir Smith-Marset is already going to have a year in that offense. So Amir Smith-Marset is a guy that I think could have a nice year. This year is a wide receiver three in that Minnesota offense. And then if they cut Thielen in one of those outs that we mentioned, you know, where he has either 11 million or 6 million in dead cap, he Amir Smith-Marset is a guy who I think could make a pretty big jump in value. And he's already a guy, like I said, you know, he has good dominator rating. He was an early declare and he's a guy who had, you know, solid special teams value as well. So he's a guy that is produces in a variety of different ways. He's a guy that can, you know, I I feel pretty comfortable in him being a mainstay on an NFL roster, at least. And then, like I said, I think if, if Thielen goes, he's a guy who could jump into a wide receiver three for fantasy purposes, status.
1: I think that's fair i mean i i do i have a lot of amir smith marcel i've gotten him in rookie drafts very very late um yeah. yeah he's
0: a guy who goes very late yeah yeah so i think that's going to do it here for the episode tonight now i am going on vacation again next week i promise everybody i know i apologize you're gonna have to put up with austin again next week by himself or with a host, a co-host, a guest host. Um, I, can, I can
1: announce now who's hosting our two shows next week. If you'd like. Oh, okay, yeah, go for it. So, campus life next week will my my special guest will be Nick Pentekoff, uh, who's over at FTN, and I believe he's with the astronauts as well. Yeah. And then I've actually already recorded next week's Canton Bound. That's going to be with uh, Act at Clinic Cap um jack um who uh, you can find him on twitter there uh we recorded that uh this evening actually it was a really good show i had a lot of fun talking to him so um i told him uh to expect a call in terms of you know possibly being my new Um, co-host
0: okay Uh, you know what i I can't even say that i would be that upset about that um jack uh, at clinic cap cap with two p's um he's a yeah Jack's a great guy. He uh, he definitely helped us out, you know, with some with some site related things. He helped us, helped us out with some SEO, search engine optimization type of things, some back-end things that you don't really see. Uh, but that's something he does for a living for his job. Uh, you know, he does. He has his own website, and I'm blanking on it right now. Uh, I didn't know you were going to announce the that he was one of the guests. I'm blanking on his site right now, but he I know he has it in his uh, info on his Twitter. So definitely check him out on Twitter. His website great website as well um
1: he has a really cool page so he's clinic fantasy
0: clinic fantasy Um,
1: he he was telling me about his patreon which i wasn't really aware of and he talks a little bit about it on the show but he uh he has like a projection tool that's on there that i'm gonna go sign up for his patreon like tomorrow since i talked to him today because he was uh, we were just kind of going through a bunch of his different rankings and projections and stuff and i was like this thing sounds legit like it, it was a really it's on it's a very very good discussion i we had a lot of fun It's just short of an hour um and It's a really good show. So,
0: yeah, yeah, he's a he's a really smart mind in the fantasy space. That, um, I you don't hear too many people mention him, but he definitely deserves to be mentioned more than he is. Definitely deserves to be followed more. So, definitely go follow him. Clinic Cap Two Ps. Um, you know, you could tune into the show next week as well. But I will be on vacation next week as well. It'll be my last vacation of the summer, and then you know, I'll be back for the rest of that. But. I apologize for everybody for having to put up with Austin by himself for another week, but I promise it's the last time um, tune into the family of pods that we have under the campus to Canton umbrella. Uh, we roped in the fantasy Roundtable. table, uh, you know, Matt uh, Bruning, Matt Fox and uh, Dennis Bennett. Um, you know, they do, have, they do great dynasty related show mostly um, every week on there. No, definitely tune into that one. Alfred has a his why wait till Sunday. Devi debate also on there. All under the umbrella of our campus to Canton family. Check out all of those pods. Definitely download those. If especially if you listen to ours as well. Um, also, you know, be on the lookout for the campus life coming. Uh, do you have a day set in mind that you're recording with Nick?
1: Yeah, we're recording Tuesday, so it'll come out a day later than it
0: usually does. Okay,
1: so it should be a good show.
0: It'll be a good show. Nick, Nick Penikoff is, uh, is definitely a guy that I respect a lot in the business here as well. So, you know, it's worth the wait, worth the wait for a day for that campus life. Um, but definitely tune into that one, tune into the Canton bound next week as well. And then I will be back after that. But as always, I am Colin and this is Austin and have a good one guys.